Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. In April, uh, if our media team could get up there, it's, uh, um, I'm not going to say the name, but I'm going to read it together. We're going to read it together. It's about three screens. Um, this one prophet person, a prophetess, a woman, doesn't go to our church. She, um, she released this word to me as, I was, as she was praying. She hardly speaks to me. She hardly talks. She doesn't know anything that we're going through. Let's read it together. You don't have to read it out loud, but let's, I'm going to read it, and I'm going to start my message because of this prophetic word that was given to me almost three months ago. It says this, Matthew eleven twenty eight. That's how the prophetic word starts. That's going to be our first scripture. I see you by a campfire with your family for a brief but necessary getaway. Now, don't be alarmed. I'm not going anywhere. This is not the prophetic message. But I see you in the vision that this this prophet saw me, prophetess saw me, uh, by a campfire with your family for a brief and necessary getaway. There is much coming in the days ahead that will require a great strength, listen, and attentiveness on your part, my part. Now, I want to pause and say whatever, a lot of times whatever the word of the Lord is for the, the leader of the house, it will trickle down to the people in the house, okay? So the principles of this word is not just only for me, but it's for you. Amen? The book of Hosea says like priests, like people, right? There is much coming in the days ahead that will require a great strength, please listen to me, and attentiveness on your part. Listen to this. Pressure from the world and the needs of the church will be very demanding in the coming days. Something in the mint. Now, this is now watch this, guys. This is three months ago. I believe I believe the shift that happened when I went into the baptism tank actually changed this. So this was three months ago when I got this message. Something in the ministry at RCC has seemed to be locked up. But everybody say but. The Lord is about to give you the key. <laughs> that was three months ago, right? That was in April. Before I decided to go into the shift and into a, a Bible school, a RCCA, which, by the way, some of you, all of you are going to get a private email from me inviting you to go through these courses to be ordained. That's the first time we've ever had this, right? The Lord is about to give you the key. It involves a greater outpouring of the Spirit and increased fruit that will remain. This is a prophetic word for this house. Before long, it will be difficult to find an empty seat. And you will consider going to multiple services. I said, help me, Lord. We barely have the volunteer staff for one service. Rise up. I am hearing for you, are you ready for this? To rely on other ministers at RCC. This is what... This prophetess saw three months ago. I'm hearing for you to rely on other ministers at RCC and not on yourself alone as the demand will be too great, especially with, the, with counseling, with altar ministry, and other areas try to delegate. Now, this next part, I shared it with my staff a couple months ago, and I began to weep because if I could just be transparent, who has been in leadership here in any capacity in any ministry? Raise your hand, in any ministry. You will be a liar to say that it doesn't affect your family. It's just the price that we pay. You can't get around it. I don't care how perfect you try to manage your time. Ministry will take a toll on your family. Now watch this. In the busyness, give time and attention to your wife and family as they need you too. 
Now, this is prophetic for you. For you. This is a precursor to what I'm going to preach on. This, I'm giving you the prophetic word to let you hit, the head it hits you, and then I'm going to share this word. In the business, give time and attention to your wife and family as they need you to. I see the Lord smiling down on you. You give him great joy as you selflessly serve him and others. This is the last part. Now, I don't even know what this is. If you guys have an interpretation or if this rings a bell or <laughs> I don't know. There is a congregation from afar that you and RCC will be connecting with. Now, remember, this is before the shift happened. Before we were releasing all these ministries. We were releasing the, the Knowles, and we are releasing Pastor Derek and Kehlani uh, next week who are here. We're going to lay hands on them, right? And, we're, and, and Steve Halford has come to me and said, I want you to be our covering. All this is apostolic in nature. Now, watch this. There will, there will be a congregation from afar off that you and RCC will be connecting with. Maybe more than one. I'm here in Mongolia and India. I have no clue what that means. But I'm just releasing it because maybe there's somebody in here that's connecting with this word and you've been marinating on it and you have no idea that God is actually highlighting for us to work together. I don't know if that ministry is gonna already there or is it going to be coming from here and going there. I don't know. But... It, uh, but that's pretty specific. <laughs> Mongolia and India, there will be a mutual support and connect, connectiveness in prayer, monetary, and other ways, maybe missions. I believe this connection will be made before the end of 2023. Many blessings. Can I hear an amen? Now, there's some parts of that prophetic word that you may say, well, it's not happening yet, and that's fine. But the main thing that I wanted to get as a precursor for what I'm going to share today is the Lord says, I see you by a campfire entering into a Matthew 11 moment. What I believe that's for you, for my family, and for my spiritual family. God is inviting RCC to rest. Enter into rest by the campfire with him. And I believe as I share this, you're going to see uh, the importance uh, of what we've neglected. Especially in the charismatic church, we feel that we become unproductive if we are intentional in solitude and rest and quietness. Do you know that God has designed us to actually rest one day a week in a Sabbath not just spiritual in context, but to rest, and I'm going to give you the definition of it, to be refreshed in your soul. You and I are not wired to go 24-7 all in the name of productivity. Some of us are workaholics, and guess what? That workaholics actually works because you have fruit, but at the expense, come on somebody, of your family and of your peace of mind. But sure, you have a great business. Sure, you have a powerful uh, ministry because you're working, 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 working. But I'm here to tell you something powerful. If you have to work to, to, to get it going, you have to keep working to sustain it. And rest of the Lord requires no striving. I believe, now this is not in my notes, but I've been marinating some stuff. You know how some, some of you girls, some of you ladies, you marinate. Some of you guys too, you marinate some food, right? And you let it simmer until it gets deep into that. Watch this. I believe that we can be disobedient and uh, open doors to temptation and even affliction when we, won't, we, we don't get proper rest. Open doors to temptation and affliction when we don't honor the way that God has created us to be. Can I hear an amen? 
The promise of rest is in Matthew 11. Let's look at it together because that was a prophetic word. It's going to be in the NLT. And again, this is probably not a shouting message, but boy, is it a welcoming command. I, I literally feel the Lord is commanding us to examine how we look at rest. Now, rest does not mean you overrest and you produce laziness. Some people will do that. But you need to be intentional, arresting, and listen, listen, are you looking at me? Consider it spiritual. Not the activity being spiritual, but the principle of rest is very spiritual. Look at Matthew chapter 11. Deep down inside, you are resonating with what I'm about to say. Because some of us feel guilty for resting. Come on, somebody. Hello? We feel guilty. I got to go. I got to produce. I got to go to work. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do that. No, no, no. You understand. I have to be faithful. Yes, be faithful. But you're, if you're not resting, it will lead to burnout and frustration. And you will hate the very thing that you once loved and, uh, and asked for. You will begin to secretly not like the very thing you called out to God to use you in. And the worst thing that you could do is be a autopilot burned out Christian that is my goodness that is so torturous look at what Matthew 11 verse 28 says are you are you ready then Jesus said very famous let's just read it together this is a prophetic word for RCC I heard the Lord say tell them I give you permission to rest I heard the Lord say that I give you permission to rest now watch here's here's good here's good Jesus said come to me All of you who are weary, listen, and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Notice that it wasn't the work that you did gives you rest. Notice that, oh, man, I feel the Lord. Notice that it wasn't your busyness to give you rest. It was I will give you rest. Now, listen, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble. What a great leader we have. I'm gentle at heart. Enrique said this prophetically a couple weeks ago from the stage. Listen, and you will find rest, second time, for your soul. Deep down inside of you, you can be honest, you are longing for this. You just don't give your permission to do it because you don't think it's spiritual because you think if you rest, you're letting God down. Listen to me. I will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Everybody say, light, rest. The Greek word for rest in Matthew 11, are you ready for this? Is anapausis. Put that slide up. Look at what anapausis means. Now, by the way, look before you read it. Anapausis is the Greek word for rest. So it means what Jesus was actually saying was translated into this definition. When he says, come to me and I will give you rest, basically what he's saying is this, come to me and I will give you, are you ready? A state of intermission, a cessation or stoppage of any motion. I got this word for word from the Greek lexicon. Any motion. Whoa, that is, uh, that is interesting. A stoppage for motion. That doesn't mean like you have to freeze. You know what it means? He's inviting you to stillness. Because motion, busy, doing. He's, going, he's saying, shh, be motionless. Be still. In other words, rest requires you to be still. 
Still, listen, a cessation of busyness and business. You see that? Busyness and business and labor is a cessation and stoppage of business for a day. A pause. By the way, I just gave that away. And a pauses is where we get the English word pause. So when you hear pause, is actually saying rest. Glory to God on purpose. Now, this is the second derivative of the, there's, there was two Greek words to that because the Greek language is really complex. There's sometimes one word, but there's two Greek words in one word, right? And the other one says a blessed tranquility of the soul. You know what that says to me? That true rest has a supernatural element to it. Come on, somebody. You know what that says to me? That rest has a divine purpose in it. It's, it's not just tranquility. The Greek says a blessed tranquility. That means there's something, I don't fully understand it, divine that happens to your body when you intentionally enter into rest. Listen, on purpose. That means you have to plan it out. Rest is not going to happen automatically. You have to schedule rest in. Glory to God. You have to, you have to schedule rest in without apologies. Everybody say, without apologies. And it's interesting that one of the words for rest is cease from any motion. Because, listen, guys, if we're honest, we are so wired to constantly do. How many are, are feel like they are wired to just, you constantly have to be doing something in order to be productive. And we have defined productivity with busyness. But productivity has nothing to do with busyness. Yes, productivity sometimes can happen when you put your hand to the plow and you work hard. But you could work hard and still not have that striving moment in your life. He wants to enter into, into tranquility. We're so wired to constantly be moving that when we stop and stay still, we don't know how to react. We don't know how to react. But listen to me. Some of you are longing for this. And the more I grow older in the Lord, this is the prophetic word for you. I tell you it's simple. The Holy Spirit's inviting you to the campfire to rest. And once you rest, you know what doctors say? Doctors say, even atheist doctors, they say we were designed. And some of them, I read it in the internet. They don't say who it was designed by, but we know who who is our designer. It says your body is designed to watch this. Your cells are designed by God. I'm, in, I'm putting the interjection that by God that your cells heal your body faster and more effectively when you're sleeping in rest. Without any prayer, without any spiritual tongues, without any fasting, your body is naturally built to, oh my God, to repair itself when you rest. I've noticed my nerve condition is worse when I don't get rest. And I'm like, what is happening? Because my body is saying, you're not doing what it's designed to do. I'm designed to rest so I can work harder while you're resting. And guess what happens when you rest? The TPT version says, says you will find rest for your souls and you will be refreshed. Rest and refreshed is needed. Why? Because you can love God and be on the brink of burnout because you are not entering into the rest of God in his presence. Now watch this. It doesn't have to be all spiritual. It could be by walking to a park by yourself 
or with your family. Come on, I want to boldly announce that it's okay to stop moving for a while. It's okay. I want to boldly announce that you need to slow down and rest. Don't abandon your post. Don't abandon your calling. In other words, when you find rest, your calling the next day will be more effective and more desirable. You will look forward to serving people when you rest. But if you are honest with yourself and honest with me, if you just go, 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 you will do what you're called to do, but you'll have an edginess and a frustration in you, and people will notice that. You want to go in and out because you don't want to deal with people because you don't have rest for your soul. Come to me, all you who are heavy laden, carrying heavy burdens. I will give you rest and refreshing for your soul. Come on, say amen. Now, I love this next point. Look at this next slide. Rest is linked to quietness in solitude, stillness, and prayer. This is not the typical PG message, but it's the typical Jesus message. Everybody say quietness. If you know me, you know that's a challenge. It's linked to quietness, solitude. Everybody say solitude. What is solitude? Getting away from people. That, not, people is not your enemy, but for rest, getting away from people and just you and your family, you and yourself. I'm not talking about loneliness. I'm talking about purposeful pausing. Come on, somebody. And listen, parent, I mean, uh, husband and his wife, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share this with you. Talk to each other and give each other permission to rest, even if it's resting by yourself. You need to have me time in order for you to be refreshed in the Lord. Come on, say amen. Mark chapter 1, famous prayer, famous scripture, right? What do we see in, in Jesus, right? So we always see Jesus having a prayer life, right, a quiet time. But I love what the scripture says because he links rest and refreshing even for Jesus linked to prayer and to solitude. You know why Jesus had to wake up really early? Because so many people wanted to get his attention all the time. Can I just be honest? Anybody who is ministry in ministry know that as, as, as beautiful as ministering to people is, it is exhausting. It drains you. I heard a, a, uh, a statistic years ago that uh, two hours of preaching under the anointing or singing on the anointing is equivalent of going to the gym for two hours. You, you are exhausted. Now watch this. This is a key. When you, when you release a lot, it's important that you refresh a lot. Because if you don't, if you taking in less than what you're giving out, it will lead to some dark paths in your life. You will quit your ministry. You will not like people if you don't purposely rest. I know this sounds so unspiritual, but I'm going to tell you. Plan a vacation, glory to God. Plan a beach day with your family. Get, stop the busyness, stop the madness, put, say no to some things, and go on personal retreats. This is deep. You're not getting it. Personal retreats. Personal retreats. Even if you have to go to the mountain for three days and seek God. Glory to God. Mark 1, now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight. How many are not morning people? Come on, come on. I'm going to be honest with myself. And you guys are morning people. <laughs> Pass that on to me. Lay hands on me. Man, these guys are up like at 5 in the morning. I'm still going. 
but, I'm, but I, I sleep late. But watch this. He got up way before sunlight. You know why he did that, guys? Not because he's super spiritual and he's Jesus. Because he wanted to get away from the demands of the people and be by himself for just a couple hours with the Lord. Oh, what it is, how refreshing it is to get away from all the noise, all the people, all the demands, all the pressure, and get alone with God. How, how important is that? He departed. He had risen a long while before daylight. He went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. The older I get, the more I crave solitude. Come on, say amen. Now, this is going to be good. The devil always leads us to busy waters, but the Lord always leads us to still waters. The devil always leads us to busy waters. The Lord, in his perfect leadership, leads us to still waters. Busy waters is symbolic of things that lead us to frustration, things that lead us to striving, things that lead us to burn out. But still waters is symbolic of things that lead us to tranquility, things that lead us to quietness. Watch this. Things that lead us to peace of mind. And I said this yesterday when I was in the, in the service. I said this and it just came out of me. Many people don't know how to be still because when you're still, all the trauma in the quietness and there's no noise covering that trauma comes up to the surface. Do you realize that it's not only refreshing for your soul when you get quiet? When you get quiet, it's a secret recipe that the Lord is trying to get you to be quiet and still so that some of the things that you've locked up in your memory that you have buried and convinced yourself it didn't happen, it's now going to start rising up to the surface so that you can deal with it. It's in the stillness that you hear his voice. And in his voice sometimes is going to, listen, he's going to try to uproot the trauma. But it hurts so bad that some of us, we drown the quietness with busyness and with noise. Because we don't want to deal with the trauma that comes up in our quietness. We don't want to deal with the pain and the frustration and the hurt. And so when we're quiet, the Lord starts bringing up the hurt of the past. When you're quiet... The Lord starts bringing up that abuse. When you're quiet, the Lord starts dealing with how you look at yourself, and you don't like it, so you turn on the radio, and you turn on music. I remember when I, I said this yesterday. In the, when I was a youth pastor, there was a certain person that I remember at Remnant Youth that they were in soccer. They were in softball. And I remember, man, they never have time for anything. And they were busy, busy, busy with activity, and I thought they were just being athletic. But re, I realized later that this person has such deep trauma that they they did not want to be quiet and still and rest because when they did, it would bring back all those memories and it would be too much for them. So they hid the potential healing that was going to be uprooted because it was so painful. They hid it with noise and busyness. Oh, church, I'm preaching to you now. The reason why God is calling you into rest is so that he could touch those areas that you've been ignoring through your busyness. I'm going to preach here today. You've been ignoring even sometimes subliminally on purpose because when you're quiet, now the Lord starts dealing with you. Be still and know that I am God. It's in the stillness and the pause and the anapauses that God not only refreshes your soul but deals with your trauma. Oh, God, he deals with your disappointment. 
That's why we don't want to be still. That's why we got to do all these things. That's why we got to do this. Put, put on the music. We got to work out. And I'm not saying working out is bad. Don't, don't, get, don't look at me like that. I'm saying if we do it to cover something, although it is helpful, we should not use that as our main source, anything as our main source to cover our trauma and our pain. Here's a prophetic word for you. In the stillness, the Lord will bring it up and the Lord will say, deal with it. Let it go. So uncomfortable, Lord. So I don't like the quietness. I'm fidgety. I'm thinking about all the stuff. That's exactly right. You've been so Have you ever seen a patient that's about to have major surgery, like an ep- appendectomy, on the table, on the, going like this? The surgeon can't cut and operate on that appendix if you're moving. Oh, Lord, you're getting it. You have to be still and put asleep so that the surgeon, come on somebody, could precisely go into that area and take out what is toxic in you. But we've been so used to performing, so used to hiding behind our gift, so used to preaching, so used to teaching, so used to singing, so used to doing, 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 that God doesn't even have time to deal with your mess. Because, listen, a Band-Aid doesn't heal the wound, it just covers the wound. If you have a sickness that you, your blood does not clot, and you have a cut, and you are putting a bandit over it to the eyes of everybody, you are perfect, you are fine, you're doing good, but you're actually bleeding to death. Preach that, Pastor George, I'm trying. He leads us, oh, listen to this. One of the things that makes the Lord a good shepherd and an effective leader, how many love that he's not only a good shepherd, but he's an effective leader. He's a perfect leader. Listen to this. What makes Jesus the perfect, good, and effective shepherd, watch this, that in his leadership style and in his leadership philosophy, he leads us beside still waters. He, he doesn't lead us to busy waters. In his leadership, that's part of his leadership. No, no you got it wrong. No, no, no. I, no, I know you want to. No, I want to lead you beside still waters. What's the most famous Psalm 23? Let's put it up there. Let's read it together. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Pause. That's a whole sermon right there. He said, David said, he's my shepherd. You guys don't understand. I am the, David was a shepherd, so he understands. He's like, I, I was in the backside of the desert, and I was, I was dealing with some rebellious sheep. But, man, I am really worse than those sheep, and he is my shepherd. He, he is so good to me. Watch this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Watch this now. He makes me. <laughs> what? I'm going to make you. No, stop the business. Stop the striving. You're gonna, okay, you want to do that? Go ahead. I'm just going gonna, gonna to wait. How's that working for you? Okay, now I'm going to make you lie down by green pastures. And he leads me. Are, watch this revelation. Besides still waters. Are you ready for this? I never saw this until the other day. Look at the next verse. Right after that. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness 
for his name's sake. Watch the connection. I believe they're connected. He leads me to, he makes me to lie down in green pastures, <laughs> makes, me, makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters, and the result of leading us to quietness and solitude, the result is he restores your soul. So the restoration of your soul is linked to still waters. That's a ministry for somebody, still waters. Still waters. Quiet the noise in your mind. Quiet the anxiety in your mind. Peace be still not peace be moving (laughs) peace be still the lord is calling rcc to pause and rest in his presence come on say amen rest is a weapon because it's linked to the presence of god going with you anytime the presence of god is with you it's a weapon put that slide up put that point up how many know that, you probably don't know this, but I realize that rest is a weapon because I am ineffective when I am cranky and I'm drained and I'm uh, depleted. If you're, listen, I said this the other day, there's a difference between an anointing and a gift. If you're just operating in your gift, you're going to be depleted very fast. But if you get oil in your lamps, come on somebody, if you get oil in your lamps through rest, do you know that it's impossible to get oil in your lamps without resting? I put a video up. I don't, some of you guys follow me on, on Instagram. I follow these funny people. I don't know. I forget even know their name. But they're always like doing stuff and running. I, they're like running and they're playing chess. And they're making decisions. It's funny. And you see two grown men like running at the top speed. It says, and it says, if people were running to do business. And you see how ridiculously funny it is. They have a suit on and they're having a meeting. How you doing? Yeah, good, good. Okay, we're going to do this. Okay, okay, good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post it someday for, for you guys. But I, I posted it on my Instagram a couple of days ago. And I started laughing. And I heard the Lord say, that's just like the body of Christ. Look how ridiculous it sounds. You're, when you're trying to run, 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 without being uh, purposely resting, you're not going to last long. Here's a prophetic word for you. God doesn't want you to just start good and fizzle out. He wants you to start good and finish strong. Rest provides longevity. And stop apologizing for it. I'm going on a RCC couples cruise tomorrow, and I went on a cruise a month ago or three weeks ago, and I used to apologize for it, but I'm not because I'm doing it for my life, for my family. I'm doing it for my kids. I'm doing it to spend time with my wife. Come on, somebody. It's a weapon. Everybody say, yes, amen. But it's got to be intentional, and sometimes you have to invest in rest. Well, that's a good word. You need to invest in your rest. That means save up some money and go on vacation. <laughs> Doesn't sound spiritual, but it's so spiritual. How do you guys feel when you guys went to the beach yesterday? Right? Good. Beautiful. You got that. And then now, okay, you got that rest. I'm ready to go again. Come on. Everybody say it's time to rest. Now, this is where we're going to get good. This is where we're going to get really good. Spiritual people that we look up to in the Bible... I want you to see the link to God's rest being a weapon. Everybody say a weapon. Exodus chapter 33. Everyone go there. Exodus chapter 33. Big mighty Moses. Spiritual mighty Moses. 
You know, if anybody did a lot of ministry, it is Moses. It, I want to just say this. If you ever are a leader or a minister in any capacity, Diane or anybody that leads in any capacity, whether it's prayer, whether it's teaching, whether it's singing, whether it's a leader posi- leadership position that you're discipling people, here is what's going to happen. The power of God is going to flow through you. The Holy Spirit is going to use you, but you are going to be depleted. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is supernatural, and it, when it comes through you, it will use you in a powerful way. But watch this. It is vitally important that right after God uses you in a powerful way, that you get to a solitary place and refuel. Because if not, I've been in those situations where I'm going, 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 and the power of God depletes me, and the devil goes, now is the time that I can attack him. Because he's depleted, I'm going to share this with you in a second, because demons also look for rest. Exodus 33, I'm a little hint, where do they seek rest? Now therefore, verse 13, I pray, this is Moses, Moses, after, he, after he's ministering for several months and several days, I want to give you a context. Right when Moses said this, he had already faced, listen, the people of Israel that were stiff-necked. Man, thank God for you guys because you guys are nowhere near the children of Israel. You think you're jacked up. The children of Israel were all like, well, I don't want this. I'm hungry. Fine, here's some bread. Well, I'm thirsty. Well, here's, a, here's water. You know, what else do you want? Well, you know what? This golden calf, that is our God. What? And Moses is like, what? Can you imagine me being the pastor of that? Moses was the pastor of three million people. And he's like, come on. You guys got to believe. Stop doubting the promises of God. Oh, God, it was better in Egypt. Fine. Lord, do something. Split the Red Sea. When's the last time you did that? Split the Red Sea. Walk through water, right? Just a couple months later, while Moses is up there, they're like, you know what? Let's build a calf. And let's say, the calf is the one that brought us out of Egypt. And they actually believe that. <laughs> they actually believe that calf that I constructed has the, had the power before it was created <laughs> to get us through. What's my point? God, Moses had to deal with some nasty people, some stiff-necked people. As a matter of fact, God twice, twice said, get out of the way, Moses. Let me consume them. <laughs> God, he goes, he goes, I will save you, but... Let me consume them. And Moses goes, no, Lord, don't do that. And he was so humble. He said, if anything, take me out of the book of life. I'll be like, heck no, go ahead, Lord. I'm going to go over here while you go do that. Don't take me out of the book of life. He said, take my name out of the book of life, but, but spare them. My God. He had, well, here's my point. He had to deal with. Then, not only have to deal with the stiff-necked people, then for many days, I'll give you context, for many days in a row, he was approaching Pharaoh, the enemy. So that's, that's symbolic of the enemy. Head on. Tell me, you guys have attacks, but imagine facing the chief enemy, Satan himself, head on, every day. The Lord told me to tell you, let my people go. I'm not going to do it. Okay, frogs are going to come. Frogs. Let my people go. No. Okay, blood is going to start coming in the waters. Let my people, do you see that? Confronting the enemy all the time. And finally, God says, listen, after the 10th plague, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really bring him to his knees. And the firstborn of all of Egypt is going to die. Now, now, watch this. Why am I saying all this? Because I believe, after studying the scriptures, that Moses got to a point that he was ministering so much to the people and fighting the enemy. Do you see, do you see how many leaders do we have in ministry? 
There's a dual sword in ministry. You minister to the people, and you always fight the enemy. That is depleting. So watch this. Why do I say that? It's going to make sense. You would think, now they're about in Mount Sinai right now, and they're about to leave Mount Sinai. And Moses instinctively said, Lord, you know how these people are. Can you send someone with me? This is so powerful. Because I, I need you. I'm just being, I'm just being transparent like Moses. I, I could imagine Moses saying, I, I need you. I need someone with me because every time I go to them, even after they see all your miracles, they don't believe me. Now look at what Moses said. Are you ready to shout? Verse 13 and Exodus 33. Now therefore, Lord, I pray, if I have found favor in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight. And consider that this nation is your people. And he said, watch this. And, and, and he said, who's going to go with me? And the Lord said, my presence will go with you. Everybody read this next verse. And I will give you rest. He didn't even ask for rest. He didn't ask for rest. He said, it's a weapon. I'm gonna, my presence will go with you. Watch this. And my presence will translate rest from your weariness. And that will be enough for you to face the people. My presence will go with you. And I will give you rest. This is a revelation. Why did I read Psalm 91 in the beginning? Because we got to get back into his presence so that we could have two main realities, three main realities. Joy, rest, listen, and strength for our souls. Listen, that's right. The joy of the Lord is our strength, but I'm going to get it deeper, my brother. How do we get? How do we get the joy? In your presence, there's of so if the joy of the Lord is our strength, how do we get joy? In his presence, there's fullness of joy. Get back into his presence. And you will find joy for ministry again. Joy for your family again. I'm going to say something prophetic. If you don't have rest, even your family will be a nuisance to you. Come on, come on, come on, come on. You come home and you're tired and you don't have enough rest and you start cracking and popping off on everybody. And they're like, what did I do? You, you, they didn't do anything. It's you. Because you have no rest. You have no, watch this. You are out of order. And God can't bless things that are out of order. So, so watch this. In his presence is fullness of joy. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Here is a revelation for rest. We must find a way to get back in the secret place and get in his presence. However that is for you. If it's an old CD, if it's an old tape. <laughs> I said tape to some of you old folks. If it's an old, <laughs> some of you are like, I have that first play. Some of the teenagers are like, what is that, mom? You know, whatever. You get in and you find rest for your soul. Listen to me. This is so key. The Lord knew Moses needed rest, and God's presence is a big portion of rest in our life. That was a slide. Say amen. I'm going to quote a, a quote that I saw. I believe, Sandra, you actually, uh, you didn't know this. There's actually a couple people without me talking to that have quoted stuff in the last week on the need for rest. So I knew this is God, because some of you are picking it up already. And Sandra, you said something, but uh, you didn't say, but the, the quote that, that you put, I'm going to interject my quote at the end. So it's like this quote plus inserted PGV version, right? 
Here's a quote that I, that I read. It was so powerful. Quote, rest is a weapon given to us by God. The enemy hates rest because he wants us to be stressed out and occupied. Here's the PGV interjection. So that we will become cranky, negative, and burned out in our relationship. Watch this. In our relationship with God and our relationship with people. Rest is a weapon because the devil hates rest. He wants to keep us occupied so that we could be cranky and negative and affect our relationship with God and with people. Some of the times where I have been, um, I'm trying to be transparent without being so transparent. <laughs> Some of the times that I have hurt people unknowingly, unknowingly, is because the edge that I carried was speaking of lack of rest. I didn't know how to translate that, but God was allowing me to sometimes uh, go in that area to reveal that I need to get back to the secret place, and you need to get back to the secret place. I'm going to share something at the end that's going to be powerful. I pro- are you getting anything? Put this slide up because it's, it's going to be super spiritual. Ready? Ready for this really super spiritual slide? Here it is. I says, we need, we need rest. We need intentional rest. Put that slide up. We need to schedule. No. We need to schedule personal retreats <laughs> and family retreats so that ministry, work, and family can be enjoyable. <laughs> Let's read that again. We need to schedule Personal retreats. Everybody say personal retreats. And family retreats so that three things can happen. Three things will happen when you schedule personal and family retreats. Are you ready? Schedule them. Husbands, schedule them. Wives, schedule them. Don't allow schedule to stop you from the necessary rest that God is calling you into. He wants you to be fruitful, not burned out. Ministry will be enjoyable. Work will be enjoyable, and family will be enjoyable. How many of you love your family? Love your family. How many of you could admit that sometimes family is not enjoyable? <laughs> Some of them are getting a heart attack. Now, now I know. Now I know there's other dynamics to it. It's not just a lack of rest. I know that some, there's some real drama happening in some of your family. But let's just take that for a second. Let's just take that the reason why family is difficult because there's real drama, the answer is still getting away and resting. Now, that may not solve the, the problem in your family drama, but it will solve your peace of mind. Glory to, glory to God. You can't control their drama, but you can control your peace of mind. Come on, somebody. This is what God is calling you to. If you feel frustrated this morning, if you feel burned out this morning, if you're going 100 miles an hour, God is saying, anapausis, rest. And I hear this from the Lord. When you rest intentionally, God will speak to you about areas that he needs to convict you from. Not just the trauma. He's actually going to convict you saying, hey, you've been complaining a little bit too much. And in your quietness, you'll make those adjustments. And maybe your marriage will be restored through your quietness. Because maybe you'll be convicted enough to go to your spouse and say, you know what? I hardly ever apologize. You know what? If you're, if you're a spouse and you don't apologize hardly ever, you need to start changing that. I don't know where I got that from, but it's for somebody. 
if, if, if your husband is all the time, if you're saying my husband have to, no, 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 no. Wives, you got to apologize too. I know husbands usually are the ones, I'm sorry, babe. You're right. I'm sorry, babe. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, wives, you have to say I'm sorry too. Why do I say that? Not because it's a religious thing. Maybe in your quietness, God will start talking to you and say, hey, you also have an attitude too. Hey, it's not just your husband. I heard, I heard a preacher say the other day, we are not called to change anyone, especially our spouse. We're called to love them in their brokenness so God can love me in my brokenness. Come on, somebody. But when you're still and quiet, that's when God can speak to you and do surgery in your mind. And I've seen people's marriages be restored simply because they were quiet to hear the Lord's voice and maybe, dare I say, allow them to be convicted. But we don't want to hear that. Come on. Listen, if God Almighty created the world in six days and he neither sleeps or slumbers and he rested one day, how much more do we need to be intentional to say no? I'm here to give you a prophetic word. Sometimes you got to say no to things that will pull you away from your divine rest. And sometimes that means that you have to maybe disappoint people. That doesn't mean leave your post. That doesn't mean leave your job. That doesn't mean leave your assignment. It just means you're not going to say yes to everything. Come on, church. It means you value your family more and your time of rest more than saying yes to everybody's needs. So guess what? There's times where I may have disappointed people, uh, even in our church. I've talked to some of you. I'm not going to show up to every event. That's just not going to happen. Why? Because I'm not in that season anymore. I have other people that are going to help me, and I trust our leadership to do that. But if you're expecting me to show up to every single event as a lead pastor, you are looking at the wrong paradigm. That's not how the kingdom works. Come on, say amen. I believe that if we don't rest, we're actually being disobedient to the Lord and the temple of the Holy Spirit because we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, Right? Now, I say this before I go to some of my last points. We need mountaintop moments of rest because the moments in the valley are much longer than the mountaintop. That's a good word right there. Do you know that mountaintop experiences speak of rest, and they're only very temporary? Jesus went up to the mountain, and he didn't stay there for six months. He, he, he stood there for a couple hours. But, boy, he was refreshed. And the people around him were refreshed. They saw the, the, the light of God shine. And God, guess what happens? They're having this rest, this experience. When they go down the valley, not even a, a five seconds later, they touch the ground. And everyone was like, oh, we could. Jesus, where were you? We were trying to cast this demon out. And your disciples couldn't do it. And I, it doesn't say this, but I could, I'm injecting the PGV version. I can imagine Jesus going, <sighs> I'm like, I can't prove it. Right? But it's like. He now is facing reality. But watch this. Why do you need to go to the mountaintop? Because the valley season is usually much longer. Because that's where we live. We don't usually live in mountaintop experiences. We live in the valley. Every day we live in the valley. So it's necessary that we go up to the mountain. Watch this. Now, are you getting something? There are consequences. Here's where I'm going to get, I'm going to drop the hammer. There are consequences for not being purposeful to enter into the rest of the Lord. Everybody say consequences. Now, don't raise your hand, but some of you, you get your identity by working. You, get, you, don't, you don't say it, but you, you get your identity by working, 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 working. 
I used to have that identity years ago. I used to say the more, uh, not out loud, but internally, the more I do for God, the more happier God is with me. So I was doing, I would go to jail ministry with my, and I would go to the, to the apartment with my brother, Pastor Derek, and we were OGs back there. Come on, Pastor Derek. And we were, calling, we were much skinnier then, and we, <laughs> and we would walk up into these, these apartments, and we would preach the word, me and Pastor Derek. And we were not in ministry, but we were just preaching to the bunch of knucklehead kids. And they're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And we were just preaching to them. And then I would, went to jail ministry, and then I went to youth ministry, and I was doing all this. Why? Because I was so insecure that I was wanting God to smile at me, but I felt like the more I do for God, the more he's going to clap for me. And I realized that it led to burnout because I got my identity by doing instead of being. Oh, this is so beautiful. Watch this. Everybody say there's consequences for you and I not entering into rest. Are you ready? Because some of you are not going to admit it, but you guys are workaholic, some of you. Yeah, you're not going to admit it, but it's okay. Watch this. Isaiah. I never, I never said this before. Isaiah 28. Look at what Isaiah 28 says. Are you ready? Here it goes. Read this with me. God has told his people. Isaiah 28, verse 12. God has told his people, here is a place of rest. I can't believe this is in scripture. Let the weary rest here. He's saying, here is a place. This is a place of what? Quiet rest. So you see, again, quietness is a link to rest. Watch this. Next verse. But they would not listen. Can I, before you go to the next verse, why wouldn't we listen? Why wouldn't God people listen to an invitation of rest? Because maybe you think that your business is going to suffer if you rest. Maybe you think your, your ministry is going to suffer if you rest. Maybe you have been trained to think that in your religious mindset that if you take a pause, that that is being unfruitful and lazy in the work of God. Can it lead to that? Yes. But look at what that, they said, watch this. They would not listen. What was the consequence of them not entering into rest? Look at the next verse. So the Lord will spell out this message for them again because they didn't rest. Hear me, hear me. One line at a time, one at a time, a little here, a little there. Watch this. So that they will stumble and fall. They will be injured, trapped, and captured. The enemy will take advantage of the open doors of a lack of rest and will injure you and trap you and capture you. He'll capture you. Listen, you know why? Because we don't have strength when we're weary to defeat the onslaught of the enemy. That's why every single time you see Jesus, he's going away. And that's where his refreshing, his power was. But the disciples, they could have asked for anything because he saw them walk on water and, and heal, the uh, heal the sick and raise the dead. I would have asked, teach me how to do that. But they saw him every morning connecting with the father by himself. And they, said, they connected that his power was connected to his solitude in prayer. And they said, teach us how to pray. This is beautiful. There's consequence. Everybody say this. I can open the door for temptation, watch this, and even sickness if I don't enter into rest. Some of you that are health fanatics, you know what I'm talking about. Do you know that you could open the door for sickness in your body if you just go, 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 go? 
Take a break. I'm giving you a prophetic word. I know this is not deep for some of you. And I, I know some of you are saying this is simple. But I'm telling you, that's why I started with the prophetic word. The prophetic word says, I see you by a campfire. I, in all my years of ministry, how many have grown up Baptist? I know my, my brother Charles, come on. Amen. You know that the Baptist church, they pay their pastors to go on a sabbatical for like two or three months? I've never done that in my life. They actually they value rest so much that the board tells them, you, not, when I mean sabbatical, it's not like I do, like show up and, and, and come into the church and support and get fed. Well, I love that. And some guest speakers are here. I'm not home most of the time when guest speakers are here, uh, unless I'm ministering. I'm in the front row. But a sabbatical means you don't do anything, don't do ministry. You set everything up and you get away and refresh for three months. Get some downloads for God so you can come back healthy for the people of God. Now, I'm not going to say I'm going to do that, but I'm just telling you, many denominations pay their pastors to go on a sabbatical. That's how valuable rest and quietness and solitude is. How many want peace of mind? Stop the busyness. Stop the noise. Get, find a quiet place that is specific to you. For me, it's uh, a couple of parks. I go to Winter Park Park, right? Winter Park is by the library. I go to Lake Lily Park. I've been going there for 15 years. And honestly, even though I have an office here, sometimes I don't come here. Because if I could be honest, I just don't want to deal with people. So I go to a park and I meditate on the Lord for two hours. And boy, and I see the ducks, you know, and I see the fish. And I'm just staring at nature. I'm staring at God. Watch this. And it's refreshing my soul. It's detoxifying me. It's defragmenting me. Now, rest is linked, I'm almost done, to the spirit of obedience to God's word and to what he tells you to do. Say that with me. Look at that point. Rest is linked to the spirit of obedience. You want true rest? It's linked to obedience. If you're disobedient, you will not have the rest and peace of God in your life. Look at this. Watch this, John verse 14. I'm almost done. Ten more minutes. I'm not going to say five more minutes because, you know. John 14, verse 15. Watch this. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. How many love Jesus? And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he dwells with you, and he will be with you and in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. He ha- who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. Watch that, obedience. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. I love this. And I will love him and manifest myself to him, if he is obedient to me. And Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, spirit of obedience, and my Father will love him. Now watch this. And we will come to him and make our home, our home, this is prophetic, with him. The Lord desires to make his home with those who are obedient. Home speaks of a place of rest. Look at me real quick. How many of you guys, when you get out of work, how do you feel, how do you view home? When you're working eight hours a day, nine hours a day, when you step into your home, what does that mean? make you feel. You put your feet up, you get in the couch, and maybe some of you feel guilty because you, you still have to work, but I'm telling you, you, home is a place of always symbolic of rest. Why? You don't sleep on the street. Most of you don't. Where do you sleep and rest? In your house. 
So house is always symbolic of rest. Why do I say that? Why do I say that? Because the same sense that obedience gives you true rest, disobedience causes you to have a lack of rest and lack of peace of mind. Hebrews chapter 3, look at what the Bible says for those who are disobedient. Now listen to me. Disobedience to the word of God means that you will always be striving. You'll always be on the brink of burnout. You'll always be hustling. You'll always try to get money. You'll try to get a band-aid. You'll try to get, replace all the other things for peace of mind other than the true peace. Look at what Hebrews says real quick. Verse 16 and then 18 through 19. For who, having heard, rebelled? Indeed, watch this. Was it not all who came out of Egypt, led by Moses? Look at me. Who is that? Who is he talking to? The church. The people of God. Who, who, who is he talking to? He said, the people of God. Watch this. And to whom did God swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? He swore they would not enter rest because of their disobedience. There's a clue for some of you guys. Stop running from God. You'll never get rest running from God. Stop running from your calling. You'll never have peace of mind. You'll never have true peace of mind. Stop running from conviction. Stop running from responsibility. Stop being lukewarm. And you will see that God will start going to restore some things. Watch this. So we see that they cannot enter because of unbelief. I don't want to get into all, all of that, the symbolism there, but a lack of faith in God produces a lack of rest in God. Doubt, I'm finding does not give you the peace that you deserve. When I was battling with my affliction, one of the main number one things that the enemy did, he didn't tempt me with a lot of other things like drugs or all that or, 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 or sexual stuff. He tempted me with doubt all the time. But I'm realizing now that I read Hebrews that the Bible says they didn't enter in because of their unbelief, uh, rest, sorry, because of their disobedience and their unbelief. I'm thinking, oh my goodness. If, if the enemy can stop us from entering into rest, we will never, ever have the peace of mind and a peace of soul that God wants us to have. Constantly doubting the Lord and what he says will cause God's people to never enter into the rest. Come on, say amen. Now, I'm almost closing. Here it is. I want the worship team to come up here. T doing the worship team. Do you know that demons also like to, to seek a place of rest? Now, remember what I just said? If you're obedient, look at this. If you're obedient, he will make his what? Home. If I say home. What happens when we open doors to the enemy? What happens when we open doors to the enemy? Again, this is not a deep message, so I hope you're getting a prophetic edge to this. If we're not intentional to make room for rest for our souls, the enemy, demons, will seek rest in our home to be their home. Now, look at the link here. Look at the link. Look at the link. Obedience causes the Spirit of God, the Lord, to make his home in you. Obedience. Everybody say obedience. So true rest comes through a spirit of obedience. That's a whole different message, but I want to pause on there and say, some of you need to get back to being obedient to what God told you to do, or else you'll never enter into rest. Woo! That's for somebody. But the other side of the sword is if we remain disobedient, the demons, the demonic activity, will seek home and rest in you. You say, where is that in the Bible? I'm glad you asked. Matthew chapter 12, verse 43 through 45 in the Passion Translation. Are you ready for this? Let's read it from the context of home. All right? Listen to this. When a demon... 
You know, see these preached in a lot of churches today. When a demon is cast out of a person, it roams around in a dry region looking, come on somebody, I'm about to shout, looking, come on, looking for a place. What? Demons. When they come out of a person, they look for a place to rest. But never finds it. Keep going. Then the demon says, it'll return to the house. We're the house. We're the temple, right? I moved out of. I'm going to return to that house that I got cast out of. Watch this. And so it goes back only to find that the house is vacant. I used to struggle with this scripture, but I'm going to tell you what I feel this means. It finds that it's vacant, warm, and ready to move back in. I used to think for years, like, oh, well, you know, it's nice and neat. And it's, 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 why does the demon have access? Watch this. It's vacant. Everybody say vacant. This is key. Vacant. Put that scripture back up there, please. It's vacant, warm, and ready to move back in. Look at the next verse. So the demon goes for seven other demons, more evil than himself, and they all enter together, watch this, to live there. What happens to obedience? God lives and makes his home in you. What happens to disobedience? The devil tries to seek rest in you. My goodness. Then the person's condition becomes much worse than it was in the beginning. This describes what will happen to the people of this evil generation. Now, I didn't write that. Jesus wrote that. Look at me, please. This is so key. We're the temple of the house of God. And the scripture says demons are looking for a house that they used to live in. I used to struggle with this scripture. And they find it warm. But watch this. Here's a key. Empty. Empty. What I feel that means is that a person who has ceased to be filled with God, filled with God, and has been emptied out in the sense of the Spirit of God through devotion, emptied out of the power of the Holy Spirit, emptied out. Do you know that you could be doing the work of the Lord and be empty while you're doing it? Do you know, and this is something that I don't, this is not bringing shame to this person. Do you know a famous preacher years ago, Carl Lentz? Carl Lentz from Hillsong. How many of you remember him? Well, he had a nasty fall. He had a nasty adultery, nasty, embarrassing thing. He made a documentary about it. But you know what he said that moved me to tears? Because yes, he failed. And yes, he made adultery. And yes, he did it on purpose. Please listen to what I'm about to say. I was in tears because when he finally came out and admitted it, he says, I was leading for years from an empty place. He said, I, knew, I told nobody because of my position. And I was leading people and I had zero of God in me. I had no relationship. I had no infilling. He said, I was leading from an empty place. Now, that empty place is good if you're intentional to receive an infilling of the Holy Spirit. When Ephesians says, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, that Greek word means be continually filled. Be continually filled. Now, watch this. I believe that if we are so busy in life to do ministry, to do work, and we're getting burned out, I can sense that to some of you right now. You're tired. You're weary. 
But something has got to change or else demonic activity can find rest in your life. The biggest times that the enemy came to even Jesus, okay? Jesus is at the end of his fast. He's such a, the devil is such an opportunist. He doesn't play fair and he will never play fair. The devil didn't come to Jesus when he was strong and, and, and he was filled with food. He said, I'm going to wait till he is thirsty. I, listen, I get thirsty just one day without food. Man, when I try to fast for three days, I'm like, Lord, help me. And that's when all the donuts come out and all the chocolates come out. I'm like, oh, God. I'm like, Lord, if I just get just one, no, no, okay. But I'm hungry. You get cranky. Jesus fasted four days, no water, no food. Saliva was his food. He waited to the, almost the 40th day when, come on, let's, let's just be honest. Jesus was tired so much so that an angel had to minister to him. That's when the devil came. When he was, watch this, tired. Come on, somebody. When he was tired, I feel this from the Lord. When he was weary, when he was at the brink, the devil says, now, he never comes when you're strong. He comes when you're tired, when you're weary. And he says, hey, I'm modernizing it now. Hey, you deserve some ice cream, spiritual ice cream. You've been hurt. You've been hurt by the church. You're serving people. You deserve a break. Hey, why don't you go to that website? It's going to give you some good stuff if you go over there. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching to you. Or, hey, why don't you just, why don't you just uh, go over there to that other person that's giving you attention at your job and your spouse is not giving you attention? Why don't you? No one's going to see. You deserve a little, little fun. And you can't really resist the enemy when you're depleted that's why rest is so intentional not just to get you to go to sleep not just to, it's so that you could win the war against the enemy man rest spirit of obedience look at this slide I'm, uh, this is my last two more slides are you getting something this morning sorry it's not deep enough for you guys but I'll tell you this, a spirit of obedience to the Lord, put that up, opens us up for the Lord to rest and manifest and make his home in us. But a spirit of disobedience to the Lord invites demonic realm to seek rest and make home in us. Now, this is the last and powerful thing I'm going to say. I saved the best for last. Your peace and your rest is not determined by your current storm. A lot of people think, well, PG, that's all good and dandy, but you don't know the storm I'm going through right now. It's, it's easy for you to say, Pastor George, interest. I'm going to tell you this boldly and scripturally, that your rest and your peace is not determined by your current storm. You could actually have rest supernaturally in the midst of your biggest storm. When all hell is breaking loose, there can be a peace that passes all understanding settling in your heart. And people are going to be like, what is going on with you? Why are you so at peace? There are times where an accident happened in my family. And right before it happened, I felt a great peace and calmness. Now watch this. This is the key. God, everybody say God, is inviting you and I to the bottom of the boat where he is sleeping during the midst of the storm so that you can be at peace 
with him. This is a prophetic word for you. And, and, and I believe it's Mark chapter 4. You don't have to go there, but I just quoted it. Mark chapter 4, there was a storm happening. Probably category 4 or 5 hurricanes, some people say. It was a vicious, vicious windstorm. And they were out in the middle of the ocean. And Jesus has the audacity to be sleeping on a pillow. Oh, come on. In the midst of the storm. In the midst of the craziness, in the midst of cargo and money being turned out, Jesus in the bottom got a pillow. That means it's on purpose. <laughs> that means he's like, where's that pillow? Oh, there it is. Whoo, boy, that's category five. It's going to be all right. And while he's sleeping, while he's sleeping, the disciples are freaking out. Don't you know? Don't you know? Okay, wake up, wake up, wake up. Don't you know? Don't you know? Watch this. Rebuked the wind and said, Peace be still. You know the story, but here's what the Lord highlighted. The Lord says, In your storm, go on the bottom of the boat, get a pillow, and be with Jesus and rest. You, you, you wait, 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 wait. You know why Jesus could rest? Because not only is he the Prince of Peace, he already told them, We're going to go on the other side. And whatever God says, it will not return void to him. So that means through the storm, we're going to get to the other side. You just didn't know that you had to go through the storm. But be at peace. You're going to get to your destination. Rest. Listen, if God says you're going to go to the other side, no devil in hell can stop you from going to the other side. If the Lord says you're going to go, we are going to go. Listen, but here's the, here's the, here's the freaked out part of it. It wasn't like Jesus appeared in a vision like some of us. We're like, oh, there he is. Oh, help me, Lord. He was in the boat with them during the storm. Physically. Jesus was, I mean, the creator of the world was in the boat. In your storm, Jesus is sleeping in the boat of your heart. And he's saying, come join me. I'm down here. I know you're in a storm. Come by me. Come to me. And I will give you rest. Come. I know it's stormy, but do you see me freaking out? Come join me. There's a pillow here right next to me. I'm going to give you a quote, and then we're all going to stand up. Last quote. Ready? The Lord says, and I, uh, I don't know if you, anybody, you know, Jessica Yvonne. Jessica Yvonne. Some of you guys follow her, but I, I, this, is a, this is the last point. I'm going to read it. It's not going to be on the slide. I, again. While I'm preparing this message, everywhere I see in social media, even Jocelyn, I don't even know if Jocelyn is here today. I saw a story that she posted yesterday, and she said, man, I rested. I didn't do anything. She goes, and the next day, I feel so strong. I'm thinking, everywhere I turn, people are talking about this. This is the word of the Lord for this house. Enter into rest on purpose. Jesus rested on purpose in the midst of a storm. I love that. Now watch the quote. Are you ready? And then we're going to stand. Actually, you know what? Let's stand up. Let's stand up. And I'm going to share this quote, this last quote from a, from a prophetic person online. And then listen, we're going to have something special here as we close. I'm going to call you into something that is going to change your life. Here's the quote. Ready? The Lord says, quote, you've been wrestling in the flesh. It's a prophet that released this word to the body of Christ. You've been wrestling in the flesh. I want you to enter into my rest by faith. Listen, this is the Lord speaking. You've been trying to figure it out in your head, and you've forgotten my grace. What's coming next? Listen to this. 
What's coming next, says the Lord, won't be won by a rigorous spiritual wrestling match. Instead, what is next will be imparted and received through rest. I couldn't believe that I read that. What is coming next is not going to be won by a rigorous spiritual wrestling. What's coming next instead will be imparted and received through rest. My plan has never been for you to figure it out, says the Lord, but to trust that I already have. My spirit can't lead you if you are leaning on your own understanding. Here's the last sentence. Release this now and trust me, says the Lord. What you commit into my hands, I will keep. Rest, my child, and I will lead you into my best for you. Rest, my child, and I will lead you into my best for you. I want everyone to close your eyes. I'm just going to worship with a song. I'm going to have a simple call today. This may not be the message that you were expecting, but it's the message that the Lord is bringing RCC and the body into. Close your eyes and lift up your hands right now. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.